welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. Come join us as we chat about a whole host of mindset-related issues, giving you both the male and female perspective. Don't miss out on the exciting interviews we'll be conducting with some truly inspirational guests. My name's Marcus Matthews, and I'm a rapid transformational therapist whose quest is to transform people's minds to reach their own personal greatness. My name is Tracy Carroll. I'm a rapid transformational therapy practitioner, and my mission is to end the stigma surrounding mental health issues and show people they no longer need to suffer in silence. begin. Hello everybody, welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. I can't get my teeth in today, it's because I've been to the gym. Um, We've got a special guest today which I'll introduce to you shortly. However, um, I did a Facebook Live um, the other evening as part of the Journey to Abundance series and the last podcast Tracy and I did was on abundance and what abundance was. Um, and we talked about the facts of abundance. So today we're going to break that down. We're going to break that down and we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear. What, what is stopping you from creating that abundant life? Um, so I just want to, I've got some notes here. I've made some notes as I always do. Um, and I just want to go through the dictionary definition of fear. And it says an unpleasant emotion caused by threat of danger, pain, or harm. Now, I'm a big fan of Brenny Brown, so I just wanted to give you some more definitions that are related to how do we get over fear, how do we get the courage. So courage is the ability to do something that frightens one. Um, Strength in the face of pain or grief. Now, Brenny Brown talks a lot about vulnerability and shame, so I just wanted to give you a quote that Brenny Brown came out with, which is, Vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but there is never weakness. So this is quite interesting that we have this fear, but we have to push through this fear um, to be able to get to where we need to get to, to get that abundance in our lives. Now, I'm going to just quote somebody else now because I love my quotes. Uh, David Goggins, ex-Navy SEAL, ultramarathon runner, bit of a hard man you know he's not wishy-washy he's not woo-woo um and david goggins says we should all learn what we are running from and why fear makes us and i think that is so true in the fact that if you want growth there is pain there is fear it is going to be unpleasant um 
but how do you find that courage? How do you find that vulnerability to, to say, you know, I'm scared, I need help, how am I going to get through that? So that's today's topic. So I'm going to introduce our guest today, who is Brooke Bounds. I've just recently met Brooke, and I think we're pretty aligned in the way that we think and what we want to do, and we share um, a purpose. So Brooke, thank you for Talking Minds. Welcome on board. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. Brooke, do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about um, what you do, a little bit about your story, um, and how you came to be on the podcast, and what, what you're going to be doing um, this year, and how that kind of links to this thing of fear and courage and vulnerability and, and, and moving your life forward and what you're doing? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm, as um, Marcus says, the, the, um, my name's Brooke Browns, I'm the breakthrough specialist. And what I help people do is to break through their limiting beliefs so they can go on to a life they love, to make impact, to have a life of freedom, to have a life of abundance. And how this come about was, um, I didn't have a great childhood. I had a very abusive mother. Um, I was also um, born with a cord around my neck, which caused me to have a hole of my right side was weaker than my left. So the doctor said I wouldn't be able to walk. And if I did walk, I wouldn't be able to run or ride a bike. Well, I never got that memo. I learned to walk. And then when they said I couldn't, I, even though I'd walked, I wouldn't be able to ride a bike or run because my side, my right leg was too weak. I said I would, and I took the bike in to prove it. And I overcame that challenge and I was very, very proud of that at five years old to defy the doctors, which my mother hated um, because of her issues she had. And um, she absolutely went mad at me and I was abused and belittled. And that was the last time I was proud externally as a child. Um, this went on throughout my childhood. I then went, uh, left home at 16 and got into a relationship which was abusive and this went on uh, for a few years and I realized that the common denominating factor was me so I thought I need to do something about this so I then got into looking into mindset and how the mind works and I changed my mindset completely and got over the challenges uh, I went on to have four amazing children and um, I'm now happily married and um, and I don't get pushed around or, or abused by anybody because um, my mindset is a lot stronger to to stop that happening so and I feel really passionate about that so how old were you Brooke when you made that shift when you decided that this is this is all about me I was in my 20s after being in a couple of abusive relationships and realizing that I'd kind of jumped out the frying pan into the fire as they say so yeah, so relatively young in the grand scheme of things. I mean, obviously, yes. because we're now sort of like forties and we're just just delving in. So that's that's really quite good. And obviously, those years ago, um, mindset and and the knowledge we have today, it, it wasn't really around, was it? Mindset's no, become a big thing in the last probably in the last like five ten years. But before that, it was quite. It was quite a niche thing, wasn't it? So it's, it's, it's quite impressive that at that young age that you were like, hang on, this is about me and I need to change. Mm. People around now who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s who still think it's someone else or something else. Absolutely, yes. So, yeah, so that's why I feel really passionate about it because I know what it's like to be that person and to be on the receiving end of it. And I also know how to... That I've transitioned through it and how it feels so good 
to get rid of those limiting beliefs, not have the fear to go ahead and do what I wanted to do. And I decided to, to give up my job and, and do the business full time and just to help everybody. Um, I recently done a talk in front of 450 people and then I um, met up with Marcus. Um, really strange how, how that happened. I was having a wow. massage and talking <laughs> to the, the, the massage lady about how um, I'm a therapist and a coach. And she said, oh, we'll have this leaflet, which was Marcus's leaflet. So I thought, oh, great, another therapist in the area. That'd be great to, to, to meet up, swap ideas like mine's, you know, yeah. brainstorm and stuff. So we agreed to meet up and had a, had a great chat um, on Monday night. And then um, he invited me onto the podcast. So it's, it's you know, really, really been really great. And um, we got talking about my event. I've actually got an event in Telford on the 29th of February. Mm -hmm. It's all about overcoming limiting beliefs. I mean, I've been to, to loads of events and I noticed people get all excited at the event, then go back the next day to their, their, their lives that they had before. Whereas with my event, you're going to notice a change on the day. We've got techniques and skills to help you actually change on the day. So if you want to come on the, along to that event, it's the tickets are on Eventbrite and it's called the Empowered Achieve More. So if you just look up that, you'll be able to find the tickets. And it's lunches included and tea and coffee as well. So it's going to be a great fun day and it's local in Telford as well. So, which is a great thing. Fantastic. Yeah. It's well, actually the Ramada, isn't it? The Ramada hotel in Telford. The Ramada yeah. hotel yeah. in Telford. Now, yeah. I've got, that is an amazing story. And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this, I can certainly um, relate to aspects of that. And I think what Tracy said about, you know, there's many people in the thirties and forties that hadn't made that shift. Um, but one of the questions that I want to ask is, through that process of change, there's a couple of things. I made some notes here about the fact that, you know, from a young age, you, were, you had issues with your mom because that environment of fear possibly was there. Um, there's that abuse. And then you said about a couple of relationships where there's abuse. And it just shows where, even though when you talk about that logically, it's people go, well, why would you be in that situation? Now, we all know that the mind loves the familiar. And this is the hardest thing that people can't get through they can't get through this fact that i can't do it what was it that you did what was the shift what were the steps that you took to break that cycle of familiarity even though that cycle of familiarity was harming you what was it that you did was it just a mindset change was it easy did you get any fear and how did you overcome that oh no um i had fear because i had to have to um, build up the courage to actually leave the abusive relationship, which wasn't an easy thing to do. And then it was um, being on my own. But the thing that actually, I think, triggered it all off was when I had my own children, I didn't want to have that, that you know, this, the vicious cycle of, of things repeating itself through generations. I wanted mm -hmm. to break that. So I, I then really got heavily into to looking into mindset. Um, I found Jim Rowan. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jim Rowan. Um, mm -hmm. He's a, a great um, motivational speaker and it's all about mindset. So I then started reading as many self-development books that I could. And I just made sure that I, I spoke to myself in a positive way and said every day that, and I've got a phrase that I say that all my clients know, I wake up every day and say, I'm amazing. Something amazing is going to happen and it's going to be an amazing day. And for those that don't know what it actually does, it kicks in your reticular activating system, which is, is something in your mind, which like when you decide you're going to buy a blue car, you suddenly see lots of blue cars. Not that there's more blue cars about, but 
um, you're aware of them more. And that's the same thing with, with what you say to yourself. So my brain is always looking, my mind is always looking for something amazing throughout the day. It's looking for those positive things and something amazing does happen. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big. You know, it's amazing that, that we connected and we met and we had an amazing time. So that was my amazing thing on Monday. So, and it's just how you, you think about yourself and how you talk about, about yourself because the things that we say to ourselves, if we said them to our best friend, we wouldn't have a best friend very long. No. We, we are terrible at the things that we say to ourselves and how we talk to ourselves. So that's the thing I, I worked on the most, how I used to think about myself and how I used to say things. Like we, you hear people say, I'm stupid. People aren't stupid. They may have done a stupid thing, but if you say I am stupid, that means you're owning that. Whereas if you just say I did a stupid thing, that is a thing that, that happened. So that there's a big difference in that. It, I know it's a slightly different word. You're just saying I am to I did, but it makes a whole lot of difference to your mind. Because if you, if you say I'm stupid, your mind goes, okay, well, look for more stupid things for you to do and to confirm that it's like a vicious loops because your thoughts will feed into your feelings which feed into the actions you do which give you the result which then loops back into your thoughts again so and that can work both ways with negative and positive things so if you wake up in the morning you stub your toe you've overslept you spill toothpaste down your front you think today is going to be terrible and it does it goes you know you go to your car you've got a flat tire and the day just gets worse and worse but if you wake up Yes, but if you wake up and say it's going to be an amazing day, something amazing is going to happen, then amazing things happen. So it can work both ways and it takes the same amount of energy. So I just think, well, I'd rather have a positive life than, than a negative one as it takes the same amount of energy to go one way or the other. And, and the effects are just amazing. I have yeah. a, a lovely life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just going back to that word that I can't say, reticular activated system. I just can't say that. So I said it quickly. <laughs> you yeah, RAS. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say law of attraction because it's easier. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And, yes. and I just just one of the things because you're a hypnotherapist as well. Uh, and I just want to I just want to pick up on something that you said here about. And this is the same with law of attraction that your subconscious mind is connected to your emotions. So where you feel, so where you feel afraid, mm-hmm. you feel courageous, you feel shame, you feel vulnerability. That isn't a logical thing. You don't feel it in a logical part of your brain or your body. You feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your heart. And there's a reason why when you're making these affirmations that it's so important to do it in the present. So we, we've been doing quite a bit on Law of Attraction, haven't we, Tracy, with Joe and stuff. who has been mm-hmm. on our podcast before. And when you look at making these affirmations, these Law of Attraction affirmations, um, and you study any of the stuff by Bob Proctor, um, Regan Hillier, anybody like that, when you look at the phraseology that they use, they always say things like, um, if you wanted more money, the money is mine, it's here with me now. And it sounds a strange thing to say because you go, well, it's not here with me now. <laughs> that doesn't logically make sense. However, when you know that the subconscious mind doesn't know the future and it doesn't know the past, whatever you tell yourself it believes to be the truth right now as it is. So if you continue to hang on to those old stories or you're continually projecting into the future bad stuff, the mind is going to hook onto that. And as you keep repeating that over and over, it will manifest and make that happen. 
What is absolutely amazing about that is if you change the words, make the words more powerful, and then say it in the present tense as it is, again, the mind will turn around, the subconscious mind will go, oh, that's, that's true, that's the reality, and it happens. And that, that goes down to amazing feats where you get, you know, a, a, an eight-stone lady picks up a truck to lift somebody off. They have that strength. We've all got that strength within us. But one of the questions that I want to ask is, is that did you find all this stuff out on your own? I, I studied a lot of self-help books. Um, I got, um, I did a, a, a job called Clean Easy. I don't know if you remember the Clean Easy. The I little did book that. that just, okay. <laughs> well, um, that's how I found Jim Rowan and like the self-development books. And then I really got into to studying it. But I, I realised that, because I grew up having a mother that said I was used to that she hated me I'd never amount to nothing I was ugly all those negative things I was told daily and then obviously like I, I went my self-worth wasn't that great so I then went into relationships and they kind of confirmed it. I think okay well that's true but then I suddenly thought no ha hang on a minute not everybody's living like I am so I know, I know there's something different out there so I went kind of looking for it and when I discovered these self-help books and they were saying you know it's how you how you see things how you think about things will will come about so I then started thinking differently thinking yeah I am worth worth something you know I am beautiful I mean that one took me a long time I used to stand in front of the mirror saying I am beautiful and I'd go no you're not and then but eventually I got to the stage where I can look in the mirror and go yeah you are beautiful but that took me a few years to get over that one because I'd, I'd spent all my childhood being told I was ugly every day. So it was, it's kind of like reprogramming your mind. You just have to, to get it used to hearing different things. And, and then it, as like Marcus says, eventually it will, it will believe what you say because it doesn't know the, the difference between the past and the future and the present. So what you keep feeding your mind, it will believe. It's really interesting um, that, that what you just said, that it just brought up um, um, a client that I had. So, with rapid transformational therapies, as I've told you, unlike sort of hypnotherapy and stuff, we do a lot of regression and investigation as well. And I know you kind of do a lot of that stuff as well anyway, outside of RTT. So what you do is very similar to what we do. Um, but it was interesting that um, I had a client recently um, who talked about her father being very drunk and being quite aggressive and, and that kind of thing. And I did, Tracy will know this, I did, we did a technique called Dialogue with the Herter to speak to her father. But when we looked into that side of it, when she looked at it from his perspective, he'd actually served in the RAF. Um, he was an airman. He looked after the guns during the war. And when you start to look at, he was probably working with people as they go out, flying. And a lot of those crewmen never came back. Back in the 30s, 40s, they wouldn't have had the help that you have now. Just think of the psychological impact on that and how when we go through pain, what do we do? We, a lot of people will self-medicate, they'll eat. And as that continues, that hurt inside has to come out. The more you suppress those feelings with the subconscious, they will come out. So when she kind of had that realization that actually her fears were when we did the dialogue with her, he said he would never hurt her. He loved her. And there were other things that I won't go into. So she got a completely different perspective of that paradigm of her life. 
And when she started to look at it from a different perspective, when she started to look at the fears that have been manifested and those feelings were from a child and that they had no relevance in her life today. And actually when she looked at it from her father's point of view of the pain that he'd gone through, then it all becomes quite obvious. And it, you, you can then go, actually, I'm going to break this cycle because I'm not, she wasn't serving her father. She wasn't serving her family. She wasn't serving anybody by having these feelings, but they were just stories. They were just stories. But unfortunately, like you said, with your mom telling you that you're ugly, which you're not, by the way, I just thought I'd say that. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So knows? <laughs> it's a podcast. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So that cycle that goes through, it's not just in your life. So, you know, when you look at relationships and you look at, as a, as a former police officer, you look at domestic violence, you see a cycle, drug abuse, you see a cycle, alcohol abuse, you see a cycle because the mind is there to keep you alive and it cares not that you're happy, but you have mm. to do the work. And the only way you can do the work is go and get those books, go and read. But actually when you work with somebody who's been through that and they've done the work, it's so much quicker. And I found this and I repeat it over and over and over. I did what you did, Brooke. I did this. I, um, I read the books. I was lucky enough to go and train with Marissa, but it wasn't until I actually got coaches. I actually got a therapist and I got them to do the investigation with me that things just went boom. They just shifted because somebody's giving it you from a different perspective. And that's why, mm -hmm. that's why I love being a therapist. That's why I love being a coach because you know, when you do work with people, they can give you that different perspective. Um, and one of the things that I think was amazing about what you were saying that you're doing at your event is that how many people do go to these big events and you get that fluffy feeling or you watch that YouTube video, you know, Jay Shetty or Tony Robbins, you go, oh my God, that's amazing. And then you walk into work and your boss is having a go at you and everything's crap and you go, oh, if only I wish you've got to do the work and actually you've got to make the choice. So you said, you said about that you left your job. You know, what was that yeah. a pivotal moment in the chat? And how did you go around that? Because I've been there myself, that fear of, oh my God, if I give my job up, how am I going to pay the bills? I'm going to pay the mortgage. I did the work and I had the courage and the vulnerability to do that and put my ego aside um, and go, yeah. actually, you haven't failed. But I was just interested in your perspective of how you got through that shift. Because I think the hardest thing that people, uh, for people to do is to step over that line, be vulnerable, be courageous and walk into the fear. I'm just interested on how you did that and what you did. Yeah. It's, it's having, having that again, work on your mindset, knowing that um, because of what the work we do, we know that we, we can um, be abundant and we, we, the money will come in because we, we, we talk to our, our own minds and we, we set it up that way. So we know that, the, the clients will come or, or whatever it is you decide to do what if somebody's listening and think they want to give up their job you know and they want to go self-employed whatever it is that they want to do they have to have that that faith and belief in themselves that the, the money will come and it's not necessarily worrying about how it's going to come in but just knowing it will if you if your why is strong enough then the how will come well yeah and, and i think that's it isn't it? it comes down to the why um on the last podcast, we talked to Tracy. I, I had one of the biggest shifts that I had was actually from Joe, our business coach, talking about faith. 
and we talk about faith in regards to religion and when you start to look at all this stuff and then you look at religion it's all the same thing just from a slightly different angle and we talked about this before and i tracy tracy told tracy tell the story again of when i came to you because tracy did a law of attraction course and i'm i'm really interested in law of attraction and we've told this story before but i this was the change for me this was the this was the thing that made me make the decision to walk into the fear and it was an understanding and i look i just love this analogy i think it's beautiful and i'd, I'd love your thoughts on it brooke so tell tell the c the c story of law of attraction c story i just like to say that that's marcus's way of saying that it's all my fault yes that it is yeah i blame you yeah he's trying to tell everyone so yeah i did this um i did this law of attraction course um and basically the principle behind what we were taught, which we kind of all three of us and lots of other people listening will understand anyway, but sometimes you need the, the metaphor and the vision in your head to make or give you the aha moment and for it to really like drop into place. And basically what we were taught is that when we have our desires, when we have um, our goals, our aspirations and things that we want to achieve or manifest, as a lot of people like to say, we put those ideas out um, and it's like standing on standing by the edge of the ocean standing on a beach and you put out your desires and the desires get washed away out with the tide now obviously as everyone knows the tide goes out and the tide comes back in and if you have no limiting beliefs and you have no resistance your your dreams your goals your aspirations will be taken out with the tides and then they'll be returned to you and as they're returned obviously that's in form of manifestation so if you're um wanting more clients if you're wanting more abundance or whatever it is it goes out and it gets returned to you so what i explained to marcus is when those dreams and goals and aspirations are sent out on the waves if you then have an opposing thought if you then find some resistance like oh my god but what if um they're really common ones i'd like to do this but what if and it's always a negative that follows the what if but what happens is your your dreams goals aspirations have floated out and the what if the resistance is like a massive tide breaker that suddenly appears between you and your goals and aspirations so when it does float back, when it does return with the tide, it's just going to smack straight into the tide break and it's never going to come to you. So that's the story that I told Marcus when he was having one of his moments. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I think it was a bit of a light bulb moment for him and he realised that he really needs to work on the limiting beliefs, get rid of the what ifs and any resistance so that what he wanted could return to him. Yeah, and I think I think with that, you know, when and it, uh, this is, and, and I'll I'll give you an example of how this does work. I'll, I'll give you an example of how this does work. So when I'd kind of I'd made the decision in my heart and my stomach, but not in my head. Okay, so my emotional center, my subconscious knew what I needed to do, and I I listened to this all the time to my subconscious mind. Um, but what happened was that when I, I, mine was about lack of money. It was kind of, I haven't got the money to do this. I haven't got the money to do that. So I've got, uh, I've got a meeting at 11 o'clock actually with um, one of my mentors, but 
what, what happened was I, my wife, my amazing wife, Michelle, turned around and said, well, why don't you get a business loan? I said, oh, business loan, is more debt. It's more, like, oh, stop. It's not debt. It's just energy. It's just food. You're just nourishing your bank account. That's all you're doing. So you can grow some stuff, grow some money trees, and then, you know, you can pay it back. It's not an issue. Anyway, it took four weeks for me to get the money to allow me to step away from my job. But this is the bit where the law of attraction comes in because as soon as I'd stepped into that fear, as soon as I'd taken action and I've chosen to trust that the stories that I tell myself are going to be positive, this is what happened. So he came back to me and he said, oh, I've had it because I know you need this to pay the bills. We wouldn't normally do this. However, I've spoken to my manager and what we're going to do is we're only going to um, charge you the interest for the first three months to give you a break. I was like, brilliant that's great so then the loan agreement came through and the first payment wasn't due until march so i don't actually need to start paying the loan back properly until june that's six months now that wasn't part of the deal why did that happen i actually don't care but my point is this, is that when you put things into place and when you go into something with positivity and purpose, and when I had the discussions about what I wanted to do, it came from a place of purpose. And every time I turn around and go, how am I going to pay the bills? This is what happens there in my head. It clicks and goes, the money is there. It's perfectly fine. It's on its way to you now because you're living your purpose. You know your why and you're moving forward. And I know, that's scary, isn't it? But it goes back, I think that goes back to what we said before about courage and fear that, you know, it's an unpleasant emotion that's caused by threat of danger, pain or harm. So if we then go to, back to what I keep going on about, about the mind, is that 75% of that amygdala is saying negative thoughts because it doesn't know the past, it doesn't know the future. It thinks if you walk out of the cave, you're gonna get killed by a saber-toothed tiger. So the fear in the stories that you'll tell yourself are based on primeval feelings that whatever you do, you're going to die. You're not going to die. Life may get a little bit crappy. It may be a little bit sucky. You may screw up lots, but actually there's no, there's no past, there's no fail. There are just lessons that serve you in a good way and lessons that don't. And the universe is telling you all the time, your subconscious mind is telling you all the time, all you need to do is open your ears, connect to your feelings. And if it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. If it does feel right, it absolutely is right. But the, our societies now are set up to have these logical thoughts that we must, they're very narrow-minded. Um, and I just want to, I want to tell a, a very quick story on this, and I'd like both of your feedback on this. Tracy knows I have um, an indifference, not a hatred, an indifference to HR departments. So I was at a networking meeting yesterday, and um, there's somebody there who's an independent HR person and they told this story and i'll quickly tell this story so they'd gone out this big company had gone out and one of the people who were, i think they must work in hr got absolutely mullered they got absolutely smashed out of their brains and started to say things that 
maybe the clients didn't need to know it was about that they were going to be reducing workforce and they were going to be doing this and going that and everybody's going what the hell's going on so anyway she was saying that what they were going to do was um she was waiting until today for an apology and if she didn't get the apology from her she was going to start disciplinary proceedings so i gripped hold of my chair kept my mouth shut and smiled now i'm sure there are people listening to this i know i've been there who've been in this situation but look at it from a different perspective if you're running a business or you work in hr and you have a situation like that you've got a choice to discipline somebody or support them ask yourself not what they did or how they did it but why what is going on in their life what maybe are they going through what are they suppressing in regards to their fears to their own life maybe they don't feel that they're good enough at their job maybe they're having problems at home maybe that they turn to alcohol to suppress those feelings and they're having actually internally a tough time but they're wearing this cloak of invisibility because they don't want to feel shame they don't want to feel weak they don't want to feel pain so they're numbing that pain and what do you do as a hr person you screwed up we're going to discipline you then look at your organization i'm going to point to the police here because that's where i came from but a lot of our public sector services you've got these people that actually have a lot of purpose that have a lot of heart and then they're fearful because you set these unrealistic these unrealistic mindsets that it's all about fear and if you don't do this you're going to get disciplined and you don't do it and then you wonder why people are off sick you wonder why people leave their jobs you wonder why these things happen if you come from a place of empathy and if you come from a place of understanding and why and that you're there to support them not to discipline them and when i say support them i mean actually support them not just to tick a box on a policy Stop then, ranting. Sorry. I, I knew I'd go off on one. See, I, I, we didn't make it to 30 <laughs> minutes. But my point is this, and it goes back to fear. And the reason why we have mental health issues in this country, the reason why people don't feel enough, the reason why, and it's learnt behaviour, and I'm not having a go at those people because they've learnt it from somebody else. They've not done the work. Um, and I think what we're doing is really groundbreaking. And that's why I'm having a rant, because I think it's important, because I'm passionate about our public sector. I'm passionate about people. And I'm passionate that actually this is the thing. This is the thing. I I'm winding up now to this. You will not change organisations. You will not change people. You have to start with yourself. And you have to start from going within. And you have to start with the why am I reacting to that fear and know that that fear isn't real. Does that make sense? I, I, just let me take your comments because we will wind up because I know you've got to go trace, but I, I got on my soapbox and sorry, it happens every time. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Brooke? And then we'll end with Tracy on her thoughts. Yeah, I was, I was asked um, only a few days ago, um, what, what about people wind you up? And I said, nothing. And the person looked at me like in a bit, there's something must wind you up that people do. So now I said, if somebody does something, I'm more curious as to, to why they're doing that, why they're behaving in that way. Yes. And, I, and I like to get the challenge of finding out what, what it is about them. And it's, it's so freeing because you don't get annoyed, you don't get angry, you don't get upset because you, like you say, 
you look at it from the other person's perspective and find that what it is is causing them to act the way way they do so you don't spend your, your time getting annoyed or frustrated or angry you know like somebody cuts up in front of me if i'm driving my car i think oh well they're obviously in a hurry and need to get somewhere you know maybe they're rushing to the hospital or something let it go you know don't let it fester and, and carry on throughout the rest of the day because it, it only affects you it doesn't affect mm. the person that cut you up and drove off because they have no thought about it at all no exactly Tracy. i think that's i think that's a really good perspective actually because <clears throat> i think the reason that we or society when i say we is in this situation is for two reasons first of all um the way we feel about ourselves somebody who was in victim mode and thought that they weren't good enough would have the complete opposite perspectives of what you did it would be why are they cutting in front of me why has that person been rude to me what have i done but you are secure in your knowledge of who you are and how you are to know that had nothing to do with me so why am I going to take on any kind of hurt or pain or discomfort from it? Because it's nothing to do with me anyway. So I'm just going to let it wash past me. Absolutely. That's the first thing. The second thing is we are living in a society and a culture of blame. So it's so much easier to say sack the, um, for some reason, I don't know whether you said it was a female or not, um, Marcus, but in my head, it was a female who did it sack the female because she has stepped out of line she's brought the company into disrepute by saying whatever she said um get rid of them because you can't be doing with that and that's what society dictates it's the same as oh something went wrong you tripped on the curbstone right sue someone because it's someone else's fault everything is about blame and blame and blame and you can't come at anything from a position of sympathy or empathy when you're trying to blame someone. So it's a case of that. That's just how society has led us. And it's only when more and more people become more secure in themselves and realize that, you know what, that person must be going through something, whatever it is to cause them to do that. Because the last five years, they have an exemplary record at work. They've done a fantastic job. And this is just one little thing. So yeah, why don't we speak to them and say, look, that was a bit out of line what you did. What's going on with you? How can I help? Is this something that you need support on? Um, it's just so alien to us. So until there are more and more people like us that who start that, I think it will then create a bit of a snowball and people will realize actually the old way, the blame way is not the way to go anymore. This is this new stuff. It makes everyone feel much better. It, we get more out of our staff. This is the way to go. It's a bit like, um, I don't know whether you saw, I think it was on the BBC News um, earlier on this week about uh, one of the bosses at Lloyds Bank, I believe it was, who was talking about his um, experience with anxiety um, and mental health and how after coming through that, he has put, things in place for all of his however many thousands of employees he's got to make sure that they are supported because it makes sense as a business and it also makes sense as a person and as a person of authority to look after people and I found that really really refreshing to to look at that and I did think it's a shame that it's taken him to go through that and have that experience to realize um how important his staff are but well done for him for actually going do you know what that really sucks 
and I'm going to make sure that if any of you do go through that, I'm going to be here. There's going to be stuff in place to support you. I'm not going to be like looking at the watch going, right, well, you're late for the fifth day in the row or you're late with your work or you haven't turned up, therefore you're sacked. He's going to look into it and say, right, okay, what's going on? How can I help? So um, I just think that's really, really good. So just quickly before we wrap up, Brooke, can I just add we one might. thing? Just one, one, one little oh. thing. Sorry. Sorry. I know. I know. It's, I just want to, because I want to just wrap that little section up because I, I just made some notes because I think this is really important just to conclude everything really. Okay. And then we'll go into the question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I think coming from this, would we all agree that what we need to do is find the why? The individual needs to find the why of why they feel the way they do. Absolutely. Ask yourself the question, is the way that you feel and the stories you're telling yourselves actually true? And if you don't know whether it's true or not, then you need to go and get that coach, get that mentor, get that therapist, and don't feel shameful about having the courage and going doing that. Because once you've done it and you've taken that step to find the why, that release that you get will just, it will start you on that journey to abundance. Would you say that that is a good conclusion of how you get through that fear? Yes? No? Yeah. You've got rubbish internet, Shropshire's internet is rubbish today. (laughs) (laughs) I would also add to that, if, because some people really don't know whether it's true, and some people are convinced it is true, because as Brooke was saying earlier, whatever you think about, say, believe, everything, you will find evidence. So somebody could say, well, there is evidence, because we'll go back to the ugly scenario, well, that person said I was ugly. That person treated me like I'm ugly. I look in the mirror, I think I'm ugly. They think that's proof. What I would say on that basis is, if the way you currently feel, if the beliefs and the thoughts that you are having frequently do not leave you feeling good about yourself, do not serve you and on what you want your future to be like, then dig for the why. Yeah. Find someone to help you find the why because none of us, were put on this planet to live in uh, in in suffering or feeling inadequate or or down or anything like that we we were supposed to be here to be abundant and to learn lessons so we're not meant to be suffering so if you are find help find a book find someone to help you dig for that why so that it can be removed yeah perfect yeah absolutely so shall we go to the final question we didn't tell Brooke we were doing this, the final question, so she doesn't know what's coming up. So she's not got fear on her face. She's actually smiling. Um, we'll see. We she's haven't asked smiling. the question yet. <laughs> Go for it, Tracy. Okay, so Brooke, we ask all of the guests on our podcast um, to give us their favourite, may not necessarily be a favourite, we'll say one of your favourite quotes or sayings, or just for you, because you've mentioned a couple of times, maybe even a favourite book that our listeners can either go read or um, a mantra they can say or something that you think will be beneficial for other people to recite or read about or, or whatever. What does well, it what, One thing I, I get all my clients to do and it, and it starts at the ball rolling of them thinking differently is when they wake up first thing in the morning, because first thing in the morning, the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes as you go to sleep is when your subconscious is most receptive to um take things in is to write down 10 things you're grateful for 
So in the morning when you wake up, write down 10 things you're grateful for. And I always tell my clients, if they struggle with this, just look around the room, grateful for the roof over the head, grateful for the warm bed to sleep in, grateful for clothes in, in the wardrobe, etc. Because when you're thinking about things you're grateful for, the negative critic, inner critic voice isn't there. You can't have both going at the same time. And then I do the, like my mantra, I'm amazing. Something amazing is going to happen. It's going to be an amazing day today. And, you know, you, you can use I'm fabulous, I'm fantastic. You know, when I first started doing that, I kind of like giggled a bit thinking, OK, I'm amazing. You know, and when when people say to me, oh, how are you? You know, it's conversation during the day. Or, so they're like, how are you doing? People will say, oh, not too bad. And they'll, they'll say to me, how are you doing? I'm, I'm amazing. And they go, oh, what? You know, <laughs> and it's just if people say I'm not too bad, again, what's wow. that saying, you know? Or I'm not six foot under. You know, it's all these negative things that people tend to kind of say without even thinking about it. Yeah. So it, I just really like to stress, think about the words you're saying because the words you're saying are your reality. Absolutely. And then again, at night time, when, when, before I go to bed, I write down 10 things I'm grateful for that's happened during that day. It could mm -hmm. be just really little small things. It could be, you know, huge, amazing things. But again, it, it sets your mind to, to think about about all the positive things in your, in your life. So you go to bed thinking about those things. So that, that's the, the, the things I, I always start my clients off with. And it's amazing if, if you actually do that every morning, you'll see your life start, start to change because your, your mind will start thinking differently and you will be saying different things. I love that and it's so easy as well, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's one of those things it's easy to do, but it's easy not to do. So you Absolutely. have to like, think okay have a pen and paper by your bed so the minute you wake up just write down some you know 10 things you're grateful for and then say your little saying and i have to say it during the day as well and i'll confirm it's something amazing like, yeah that was amazing yeah i'm still amazing i'm having an absolutely amazing day and know it and feel it know it and feel it yeah absolutely Okay, I think it's time to wrap up. I'm going to leave this podcast now with going back to uh, one of the quotes that I said earlier on from the amazing David Goggins. We should all learn what we are running from and why. Fear makes us. So if you're out there, you're struggling, step into your fear, become accountable and take action. Choose to change. Trust in transformation and step into your abundant life because actually when you change your mind, you change your life. The sky's the limit. And with that, I'd like to say thank you and we'll see you on the next podcast next week when we're going to be talking about accountability. So thank you everybody and goodbye. Everybody going to Thanks say goodbye? Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Yes, Thanks, thank bye. you. Thank you. Come on, Tracy, say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Have Bye. a great day, everybody. And no, you are absolutely enough. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds. And don't forget to give us a little like. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon.